it is a big elephant. You know, if you think about like, just ask, you know, every regular person that's attending a real estate conference, like they're going to say, I want like 20, 30 doors, right? That's kind of like the average I get. Some are like, I want like one or two deals done. Some people are like, I want to be the next like Ken McElroy, right? Or like, you know, or the next Whitney Sewell, right? Like to, to their credit. So it is a big elephant, but you know, for me, one of the things I did is reverse engineer my goals into my most desired highest performing action step is what I did. Do you set goals or New Year's resolutions? Well, our guest today is going to help you to think differently about those things and how you pursue those things. He's going to help you to reverse engineer it, but in a way that I've not heard many people say before, and I know you're going to learn a lot. I love making things simple, and I love thinking about, man, what is it today that's going to move the needle for me, or tomorrow, or if I keep these same tasks going that's what I need to be focused on and not getting distracted. And what are those things for you? Our guest today, Daniel Kwok, he is going to help you think through that. Motivated by continued financial hardship throughout his life, Daniel started learning about real estate investing. And at age 26, Daniel founded Myota Partners Capital, a core satellite fund that has introduced the equities and management model into the real estate space for the first time. Daniel and his brother currently run an online financial education company, along with a YouTube channel, The Kwok Brothers that currently has over 100,000 subscribers. But Daniel's going to go into numerous things today. But a big thing, man, is how do you think about where you're trying to go and how you're going to get there? I know you're going to learn a lot, and it's going to help you to really think about what you're doing today. And is that helping you to get to that final destination you're looking for? Daniel, welcome to the show. Honored to have you on. Just after reading a little bit about you, I know you're motivated. I know you're somebody that thinks big. You go tackle things that maybe most people wouldn't tackle or wouldn't attempt to tackle. So I like talking to guys like that and gals. So I feel like I, I relate to that and you know I want to go after it, right? And make big goals. I feel like you've done that. And so give us a little bit about your focus, your business model, maybe your background. Let's talk about that. Yeah. By the way, I love, I love that you said, you know, the the hard runner, the motivated. And, you know, that's something that I've actually been reflecting on recently. I've, I have a lot of friends who are, you know, my age, but we're all crushing it in the field of entrepreneurship. And one of the things we talk about how is all of our lives. And there's, there's three friends I'm thinking about in particular. I have a buddy named Chris, Kevin, and a buddy named Alex. And every single one of them run probably an eight, nine figure company, you know, so we're all kind of at this we're all peers, you know, and we're all kind of going the same place. But at the same time, we're all in our late 20s. But one of the things we talked about, and you reminded me of it. So sorry if I'm going off on this wild tangent that you didn't expect me to go to. But I feel like our generation, we're so enamored by the whole Gary V philosophy, right? The whole hustle 18 hours a day. You know, you eat ramen noodles and all this stuff. Boom, boom, boom. And we're talking about that's that's awesome and that's attractive. Because I think people are attracted and they fall in love with the idea of being told that they need to work harder. Because we, 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 a lot of us have this narrative, right? And, and these concepts like imposter syndrome wouldn't exist if this narrative wasn't in our head. But there's this narrative that we feel like we're not good enough. And we feel it. Our wives feel it. Our friends feel it. Like every single human being, you know, 90% 90 of us at least have this narrative playing in our head that to some degree that we're not good enough. And I feel like when someone like Gary Vee gets on stage and just goes, well, you're not good enough. You have to work harder. You have to work 18 hours a day. That's what, you know, a lot of times us millennial entrepreneurs, we 
are attracted to. But there's another guy that not a lot of people know, a guy named Dan Kennedy, who, you know, is one of like the big, like the godfather of marketing, right? And he was one of the, arguably one of the most successful people in business. And it's crazy that not a lot of people know who he is, but I mean, his whole philosophy is like, no, like you get as much done as you can in eight hours. Cause you know, I got to be on horses by the time it's 4 PM. And, you know, he talks about the idea of learning how to do in four hours, what it takes most people 10 hours to do. And that's actually what I personally experienced when I got married, when I was dating, when I was single, I, I would work the 14, 15, 16 hours a day, you know, like the whole Gary V you go get it, get after it, you know, motivation, you know, stay hard. Right. And then when I got married, I was worried that we were going to actually, you know, lose revenue. I was worried about that. that I was going to be less productive. And I was in a position where I can only work nine to 10 hours a day. And surprisingly, our, our revenue almost doubled year over year. And I was significantly more productive because I told myself, all right, I got to, I got to find what it means to get done in seven hours, eight hours, what it usually takes me 20, 30 hours to do. And that was one of the things that led me to hire a performance coach. And not only that, but really just sit down and learn what it means to slow down. But in exchange, know that I'm going in the right direction. I think a lot of real estate entrepreneurs are running 120 miles per hour right now in the wrong direction. And I'm not talking about, you know, just buying really bad deals during a market crash. You know, I'm talking about in every aspect of life. So again, sorry about the tangent, but to answer your original question, Whitney, what's my business model? What's my specialty? So I've done a lot of different things in real estate. So I started a real estate fund about four years ago. That's a 506C and we do lending. So we do lending that is collateralized by real estate deals. I myself still do real estate deals as well. I target 50 plus unit buildings. I'm currently going after or helping somebody acquire a 98 unit building. And you know they graciously offered some GP shares to me. And then I'm going after some other you know 80 something units and whatnot. But obviously, just based on today's investment landscape, I'm, I'm very selective and I'm very choosy about how I structure those deals. So on top of that, I've got a, a nice YouTube channel that's kind of like my hobby. We talk a lot about geopolitical finance and we talk about just fun stuff, things that I personally find very interesting. And then my brother and I have a couple of finance companies as well on the side. Nice. No, honored to have you on. And I appreciate the, the tangent as well, because I, I think we can all relate to that, you know, in a big way or to some degree anyway. And I wanted to I want to focus on that just a moment, because I, I think it's it's crucially important as we get married or we have kids and just the mindset of, man, you thought that you were going to lose revenue, but it actually doubled. And I find that, man, it's, you know, we can, you, you talked about, you know, you just run, 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 almost the wrong direction. It's like running on a treadmill, right? You're not going anywhere. So I want to harp on that almost just a moment or let you, what, what did that look like? What changed for you? You know, it almost takes something like that to push us to a whole nother level. So we think differently about things. So we, it pushes us to do things, right? That much more efficiently than maybe we would have. And so what did that look like for you, Daniel? How did you learn to double down on things in a way or change the way you looked at goals that were maybe really big or tasks that would have taken, you said, what, 24 to, or 23 to 30 hours, something like that, you know, but now you can do it in, you know, in a fraction of the time. What does that look like? How did you learn to do that? Help us to think through that. Yeah. I, but I, I, you know, I think first and foremost are the entrepreneurial culture of today. They don't reward that, right? Because if you think about on social media, on platforms, on public platforms, the internet, just period, we reward short-term success. And a lot of times, you know, when people fall, we don't post about that, right? Like we don't share anything about, oh, hey, I lost half my portfolio because of this, because of that. So it's just people assume that speed is always better than direction. So I, I think a lot of entrepreneurs would be surprised how much more efficient they could personally be if they just sat down for 30 minutes a day 
and just said, okay, here are my three, four biggest projects that I currently have that I have to do the next seven days. For me, what are my own ideas on how I can do them better, faster, more efficient? And number two, who are the people that have done these tasks before that can help me do it much better? And for me, that was one of my biggest cheat codes, right? And I'm all about cheat codes. I remember when I used to play video games as a kid, like I would only play if I had cheat codes. Like there would be no playing the game, you know, it's in a normal, normal way. I'm like, no, forget that. Like I give me the cheat codes. So one of my cheat codes has been developing relationships with people who have, you know, just gone before me, you know, mentors and every task that I do every, you know, what I call the KPIs, right? What people call key performance indicators, you know, I'll, I'll bring them to my mentor and I'll ask them, Hey, like, is this the best thing for me to do right now at this moment in this way? Pot? Like, and I'll just go crazy with the amount of questions I ask. So really quick story. So in, in January, 2017, January 1st, I did what's called a new year's resolution. We all do them, right? Like a lot of people are like, well, I want to lose 30 pounds. I want to stop watching this much TV. My new year's resolution was I wanted 20 rental doors. That's what I wanted. Uh, I told myself, if I can get 20 doors by December 31st of 2017, I would have considered this year a massive success. And so I shared that with my mentor and he goes, that's dumb. <laughs> and I'm like, why? He goes, Daniel, or to the wise, right? Never set goals, always set standards and expectations. And I looked into that and that phrase that stuck with me, like, I don't know why, but I just became obsessed over it. And I started reading about Olympic athletes, world-class, you know, chefs, athletes, I mean, you name it, how for a lot of them, you know, their standard and expectation is what gets them towards success as opposed to a goal. So I started asking myself, okay, so what are the standards and expectations I can set on myself every day, every week, every month focused around, you know, my, my tasks that produce 80% of the results, stuff like hey, recruiting investors, underwriting, you know, looking for properties, you know, developing my team, you know, like what, you know, what are these things I could do? So I spent a week just writing every single day. I just wrote down, you know, a bunch of items, a bunch of tasks that I could do that helped me gear towards success. And then through a two week process, of sharing them with my peers, research, and bringing them to my mentors, I nailed it down to five things I did every day, three things I did every week, and one thing I did every single month for a total of nine regular action steps that I did. And I, I established my flag. I said, these are my standards and expectations I do every single day. And it was actually inspired by uh, John Maxwell, right? So John Maxwell wrote like 470 something books reporter was like, how did you do it? Right. He goes, I just wrote five pages every single day. I didn't care if it was Christmas, my birthday, Thanksgiving, you know, Canada day, but right. Like I just wrote five pages every single day, but the catch is I did it for 35 years. And if you actually do the math, right. So if, if people are listening to this episode and they're listening to on their phone, like break out your calculator and just simply do the math, just do five times 35 years, however many days that is. So 35 years times 365, that's 12,775. You do that times five, that's 63,875 pages. So that's a lot, right? So you could see how John Maxwell could easily get 400 something pages. So I did that every single day, every week and every month. And December 31st, I ended up with 87. So I know my book and my all my marketing says zero to 75. It was actually 87 doors, but my brother, who's the marketing genius, was like, you got to do, you know, a number that's more like, well, no, you, know, you got to do 75 or 50 or hundred. Right. So either, either buy 13 more doors or just cut it to 75. And I was like, all right, you know what? Like, forget it. Let's just do 75. So I ended up with 87 by December 31st of 2017, because I focused more on the process than I did on the 
Are you a real estate investor looking to break into the multifamily investing space? Have you heard of MLFIN Con happening in Charlotte, North Carolina, June 23rd through the 25th? The Multifamily Investor Nation Convention is a place to learn from over 60 plus high level apartment investors and also to network with over 700 investors. If that's not enough for you, Shaq, yes, Shaquille O'Neal, Barbara Cochran, and Jocko Willink will be live and in-person speaking at this event. Be sure to secure your tickets to this live in-person event as the tickets are going fast. You can even upgrade your ticket to the VIP to have the opportunity to rub shoulders with these high-level speakers, including myself, after their session. Jocko Willink will also be attending the VIP party on Friday night at the event. So go to mfincon.com to find out more details. There's also sponsorship opportunities available too. For details for this event and to purchase tickets, visit mfincon.com. Use promo code LIFEBRIDGE to get $200 off your tickets. That's mfincon.com. Love that. I think that's interesting. And I, and I don't hear that talked about too often. It's like, like focusing on, you said, the standards and expectations versus setting a goal. And I really think you're setting yourself up for more long-term success, right? And just more stamina when you're just, man, just that keeping up, you know, it's just the steady rhythm. There's another method of thinking about that. I hear people talk about called the 20 mile march. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's, you may have heard of that before, but you know, it's like, you know, you got two guys trying going from West coast to East coast. And, you know, it's the guy that just, no matter the terrain, no matter the weather, he just 20 miles every day, 20 miles every day. You know, while the other guy gets up one day, ah, he doesn't really feel too good. So, he, you know, he's a little lax today. Maybe he does five miles. The next day, maybe he does 40. The next day, eh, you know, it's hot outside. I may do five miles. You know, and obviously he gets like half as far, you know, as the guy that's just every day, 20 miles. Whatever the train was, whatever, however he felt that day, it just didn't matter. He knew what he needed to do, and he just was consistent, right? And so I love that. I love how you broke it down though to nine action steps. Like you focused down to say, you know what, these are the things that are going to help me to get that done. These are the expectations or standards for myself. Could you help us to think through that a little bit though, or maybe how you did that? Because I think that's, yeah, it's hard to do sometimes when, when we see this, like this elephant we're trying to eat, right? You know, and obviously it's one bite at a time, but man, where do we start? Which bites first almost, yeah, for right? Sure. How did you narrow that down to nine for yourself? Yeah. And it is a big elephant. You know, if you think about like, just ask, you know, every regular person that's attending a real estate conference, like they're going to say, I want like 20, 30 doors, right? That's kind of like the average I get. Some are like, I want like one or two deals done. Some people are like, I want to be the next like Ken McElroy, right? Or like, you know, or the next Whitney Sewell, right? Like to, to their credit. So it is a big elephant. But, you know, for me, one of the things I did is reverse engineer my goals into my most desired highest performing action step is what I did. So what my mentor walked me through was they took me, so they, they, we wrote down, I still remember us doing this. So we, we got in the office, there was a whiteboard. And he says, okay, your goal is 20 rental doors. Perfect. Let's think about all the things you have to get done in order to reach that 20. Because there's a lot, right? Like real estate is not an easy game, right? Otherwise, everybody would be doing it, right? I mean, think about the amount of things you have to do. You know, you have to develop your whole team, like your maintenance guy, your attorney, your broker, your appraiser. I mean, you name it. And then you have to raise the capital to be able to do that. In order for you to do that, you have to know about partnership structures. You have to know about legalities. You have to know about capital stacking. You have to know about distribution waterfalls. I mean, there's so many different technical things that you have to know about. And we haven't even talked about underwriting or even identifying the opportunity, which by the way, for finding deals, my biggest golden nugget I ever got on finding deals was this guy named Johnny Dessauer told me, 
And he's got like 3000 doors, phenomenal guy. And he told me, Daniel, if you want to know the best ways I find deals, I'm like, yeah, what's up? He goes, I never look for properties. I look for people because at the end of the day, we're a people business. Real estate just happens to be the product. So instead of focusing on tactics, like going on the MLS, Zillow, Redfin to try to focus on finding the building, what I did is I built relationships with people like property managers, bankers, attorneys, people who can find me sellers and not properties. Okay. So going back, so there's a lot of things that we got to do, right? The, the, the elephant is certainly a big thing to eat. So my mentor and I whiteboard, he wrote down 20 rental doors and we reverse engineered all the things that we had to do. Okay. So let's start at closing and let's work our way back. Right. So before closing, what do I have to do? Okay. We got to do this. We got to do that. And it all got to the point where it's like, okay, what is your deal finding strategy? What is your lead people seller finding strategy? And that's what we focused on. And, you know, if you think about any other business, right, like you have marketing and then you have sales and it's the same thing with real estate, whether you're raising capital or you're trying to, you know, buy a property, you have marketing and you have sales. The reason why most people are really bad at negotiating is because their marketing sucks. They don't know how to put them in the best position for the individuals to say yes. So I teach this to my coaching clients all the time where it's just don't focus on saying the right things so you can sell them. Focus on building the environment so that they can't say no, right? Focus on creating a situation and finding the people that are not going to say no to your product as opposed to finding people that you can sell to. So great example of that is so my specific goal was to do 20 rental doors, but kind of a subtitle below that was buying them seller financing, mainly because part of my story is at 18, you know, I had negative $187.65 in my bank account. I had two maxed out credit cards. And at one night I found myself trying to look for my dinner inside of a dumpster. So I didn't have the best credit. I didn't have you know, tens of hundreds of thousands of dollars in capital saved up to buy buildings. I didn't have a massive network, you know? So all these excuses that people come up with, well, guess what, buddy? I've gone through them myself and probably worse situation. So I couldn't go to the bank. Like I actually told a commercial lender at one point what my DTI was and, you know, all my financials. And they like, they laughed at me, right? They were like, yeah, no way, kiddo. So for me, like what most people would see as a handicap, I saw it as a benefit because most people are like, oh, like, I have to buy them seller financing. I have no choice, right? I saw it as I get to buy these properties seller financing. And I, it, I it, the mindset shift focused on what I needed to do, which was okay. And this was the reverse engineering part, right? That my mentor helped me walk through. He goes, okay, if I have to buy these 20 rental units seller financing, let's talk about how do I create a situation where people want to buy and I don't have to sell them. So I started listing off all the benefits of seller financing, everything from, hey, like, you know, you get, it's an opportunity for you to uh, defer your taxes, right? Or at least at the very minimum, depending on what state you're in, put yourself in a lower tax bracket. Number two, it's an opportunity for you to make money like the largest entities in the world, which are the banks, right? You get to make money like the bank, make money on the interest. And on top of that, you get continuous money coming in. So I asked myself, okay, those three, four, five benefits that I drew up, who benefits most from those benefits? And this is a question that every single successful business asks, which is who are the people that benefit the most off of my product, right? Who resonates the most with my message? And so I started thinking about it and I started asking a lot of questions and, you know, asking a lot of mentors. And, you know, after about three or four days, I, I realized, and forgive me of this offensive word that I'm going to use, uh, it's old people, Right. It's well-seasoned individuals. I'll use that. There you go. It's well-seasoned, experienced individuals who resonate the most with that message. Because, well, if they've owned the property for more than 27 and a half years, well, 
like chances are that, you know, it's paid off. Right. And, and there's no loan that they need to pay off. And, you know, they've depreciated the asset. There's a lot of depreciation recapture at closing. So they need to find ways to save money, you know, to, to mitigate not only the ordinary income tax that they depreciate up, but also the capital gains tax, because well, what does real estate tend to do over a plus 27 and a half year period? It tends to appreciate, right? It's one of the things we love about it. And not only that, but you know, these are individuals who they, they were at the phase in life where they, they wanted their money to work for them, aka make money as the bank off of the interest and also you know, get money coming in every single month, right? These are the golden years, as they say. They want to travel. They, there's a certain lifestyle they want to uphold. So now the question then became, how do I find seller financing deals all the way to how do I find a seasoned landlords, right? And, and it became more simpler, right? So then I started thinking of ways, well, how do I attract and find seasoned landlords? So I started doing things like calling the for rent ads on the newspaper. I started doing stuff like driving around and calling the for rent signs, you know, because again, this is a stereotype. But I know that older landlords probably aren't going to use the most technologically advanced way of marketing their property. I, again, that's just an assumption that I made. And I started building relationships with property managers who are in their 50s and 60s. And sure enough, like 90% of all my leads that I talked to were landlords who are 65 and older. And that led me to some of the best deals I've done. So my KPIs, my regular you know, action steps, one of my weekly ones was actually spend four hours a week driving around a particular neighborhood and calling the for rent signs. And I have like a two hour training I do on just how to do that. But, you know, just to give you an idea, that's, that was one of my weekly action steps that I had is every week, you know, it's like the 20 mile March, right? Every week, four hours, no matter what, I'm going to get up and I'm going to do four hours of calling for rent signs, you know, every single week, newspaper ads, you know, I'm going to build at least one relationship, one new relationship with a property manager or a banker or an attorney, somebody that might know a landlord that's 65 and older, I'm going to build a new relationship every week. You know, that's what, that was another one of my weekly stuff. I mean, you just made it simple for yourself ultimately, right? I mean, you did, you reverse engineered it. You started at the closing table versus starting at where am I going to find a deal and worked your way backwards and figured out those nine things. I appreciate that, Daniel. Grateful to meet you and have you on the show. I look forward to having you back. There's numerous things I'd love to go deeper into that I I know you're very focused on and really good at. Tell the listeners, though, how they can get in touch with you and learn more about you. We give a lot of free stuff away. So we all like free stuff. So uh, if you go to theclockbrothers.com and there's a tab where it says free stuff. I mean, we have a free real estate course in there. You know, we give away owner financing course. We give away you know, a mini course on how to raise capital. So I mean, a lot of these things I talked about here, I mean, if you want a more detailed, more how-to version of that, I mean, feel free to just go there. And then all we ask is for your email address so we can add you to our database. <laughs> but yeah, it's, I mean, there's a bunch of free stuff in there. My book is for free, which outlines you know, my journey on how I went from zero to really 87 doors in one year and the setup to that. So all of it's there. I just want to give stuff away. And so the clockbrothers.com, just look under free stuff and all that's there. Thank you for being a loyal listener of the Real Estate Syndication Show. Please subscribe and like the show. Share with your friends so we can help them as well. Don't forget, go to lifebridgecapital.com where you can sign up and start investing in real estate today. Have a blessed day. 